From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. We're actually upset. There was a lot of people upset about that. There he was, Jay-Z, drinking a beverage from a Grammy. And I'm, I'm looking at this. I, and, and God bless him because he actually found a use, something useful for that trophy to do. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes, Mr. Rob Roop. Thank you very much. It's me, Mike. Mike Davidson lives his name of the podcast. I thank you for listening. Thanks for downloading, hanging out for the next half hour or so. As uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to be dragged into the whole Grammy thing here momentarily. Did not watch Sunday night. Um, it was on Paramount Plus, by the way. Not just CBS, but Paramount Plus because it is a Viacom company. Uh, but uh, I opted to watch The Godfather Part 2. No regrets. No regrets at all. Uh, had a three-day weekend, took Friday off, uh, because, uh, well, a couple of reasons, both involving my uh, my daughter, Hazy. Hazel turned five years old. Happy birthday to her. She had cake. It was great. She had, uh, she's in the show Miraculous, um, which which is like a French import. Um, basically, this young teenage girl, she has superpowers. She dresses up like a ladybug. Um, and there's a, uh, a character, a, a dude named Cat Noir and all that. It, it parallels some of my nerd book readings. And I said, well, so so she's uh, this this miraculous lady. She's kind of like Spider-Man, isn't she, Hazel? She's not Spider-Man, Dad. I, I, I'm, I'm just trying to relate to her from one fandom to another. But she got a miraculous doll. She got some Little Mermaid stuff. And then uh, Friday night, I, I took it off because um, I work late Fridays generally. Or she had a school play. She had a school play. And it seemed weird for, for a play to be on a Friday night for uh, going into the weekend. But uh, her her class and another class teamed up. And this was the same play that Lana was in last year when she was in uh, kindergarten. I didn't get a chance to see that uh, last year because while well, I was there, but I had to take Logan out of the auditorium because he was being too noisy. We left him at uh, Grandma's wisely this time. So I got to see Hazy's play. I was wondering, she had a line. And I, my daughter is very soft-spoken. Now, if she gets upset, she will scream like a banshee. But I did not know how she would be in front of a bunch of people. If she'd be nervous, because it's a lot of people, a lot of parents out there. And, you know, you had kindergartners uh, walk, or preschoolers. I keep saying she's a kindergartner. Her sister's a kindergartner. Uh, but she's been pre-K, and I kept thinking she was going to really be quiet up on the microphone. And she went up to the microphone and goes, I have an idea. <laughs> and the rest of her play, rest of her line was like that. She was just like really loud, and uh, I had no trouble understanding her <laughs> at all. So, yeah, she did very well, and I'm very proud, as always. Now, I, I, before I go any further here, I have to clear the air, some misinformation. Uh, I meant to do this last podcast. Uh, this goes back two episodes back, and um, I'm a little ashamed of it because, as you know, anytime there's misinformation out there, it kills millions of people. Right? Like If you misspeak, you are responsible for the lives of millions and millions of people. And uh, I, I want to stop this as soon as possible because, as you know, there are no ways to research facts out there or to uh, do any critical thinking. 
That's why I have to do it now. Uh, I, I said uh, th th there's this um, protest group that was uh, over in Europe, uh, Paris. They're at the Louvre and they uh, they threw Kansas soup, open Kansas soup at the Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa, not damaged because it's behind glass. Uh, and it's sad that a piece of art like that has to be behind glass, but it is. Uh, I said it was the uh, uh, Stop Oil Now group the, the, because they've been protesting everything. And I, and I think I saw, this was a preliminary story when I, um, uh, I first read and I just assumed it was them. Okay, uh, but more facts came out about it, and no, it was not. It was uh, a group. It was not the Stop Oil crew. They were probably out uh, ever, uh, stopping traffic somewhere. Uh, this was another group called Food Counterattack. At least that's what uh, it loosely translates from French. Basically, uh, they were protesting. Uh, how, they want food integrated into a social security system in Europe and protesting some farm practices. And there have been some farmer protests out there in Europe. I don't know if they tie directly into them or not. Uh, you can protest a whole bunch of things. Uh, but I find it odd that here they are. They're, they're wanting sustainable food for all. They want food available to the masses. And they're throwing food at art. What's more important, art or food is what they're saying. This thing was painted hundreds of years ago. Da Vinci's been dead a few centuries. So I, I really don't understand the thinking here aside from, well, if I'm pissed off about it, I'm going to let everybody know about it and uh, try my best to wreck Western civilization. All right, um, an RIP here. And if you don't know who this is, I will explain who this is. If you're a Hoosier, if you live here in the great state of Indiana, uh, you are familiar, if not the name, but the works of one Wendell Schwartz. Uh, he actually passed away a couple of weeks ago. His obit didn't come out until days ago. Uh, 98 years old. I mistakenly said 99 on the Facebook page. Oh my God. I'm running loose with the facts now. Um, but Wendell, Wendell Schwartz um, was the founder of Pizza King. Nice little local chain here across the uh, the Hoosier State. Uh, founded the first one in the early 50s in uh, Lafayette, Indiana, just uh, just outside of Purdue University. And then six months later, the second one won Indiana, home of uh, the Fighting Cardinals of the Ball State University. And there's been several since. And my wife's a fan. I'm a fan. Uh, he passed away at the age of 98. Uh, nice little thing to uh, know about the guy. He was a World War II veteran. I think he uh, flew 30 combat missions and received four accommodations. Uh, military veteran who probably saw some horrible things, did some great things, and came home and contributed to society. And, you know, we need more dudes like him. But uh, condolences to the Schwartz family. And, of course, uh, if you get a chance, if you're here in the state of Indiana, if you haven't already this week, you got to ring the king. All right, I'll uh, kind of keep it in the realm of RIPs. Gave a salute to Carl Weathers last episode. Um, you know, just, it's amazing how much stuff this guy was in. You don't even really think about it until you, you sit down and think about it. Uh, but uh, he was, one of his last projects was The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. First two seasons, pretty fun. Last season, less said the better. Um, but uh, Gina Carano was on that show first two seasons and then she was let go because uh, 
apparently the Disney folks are very uncomfortable with that whole First Amendment thing. Um, but she revealed just a day or so after Carl's passing that he actually reached out to her, called her, and uh, talked her up and just said, hey, you got to keep working and everything, you know, and he was just, she just said he was the sweetest, kindest guy um, you could imagine. And you would see other tributes from the likes of uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone and Adam Sandler that kind of back that up. We lost a class act in uh, Carl Weathers. And, you know, Gina, you know, she leans a little right. I'm not sure what Carl's politics are. Um, but it really doesn't matter. He wasn't um, trying to make himself look good by putting somebody else down. He could have gone on social media and said, you know, words have consequences or some other bullshit. I don't know. But he didn't. He didn't. And, and the fact that he reached out to somebody, um, regardless if he agreed with her or not, and just said, hey, keep your head up and, uh, you know, I'm thinking of you. That's uh, pretty damn sweet of the guy need more dudes like uh, the late great Carl Weathers. And I tell you who else we need more dudes like uh, Jeremy Renner. Meant to give him a shout out. Uh, he's back on the set of uh, his Paramount Plus show. Uh, started shooting again last week. And uh, he's been talking about how uh, he's probably about 90% physically. And he's hitting all of his milestones. And uh, he's he, he says basically, you know, after you know being run over by a piece of plowing equipment that he's always going to be rehabbing some form or another. But the fact that this dude lived and uh, w was uh, not even thinking about it, just trying to save his nephew's life back last New Year's, you know, damn near death, uh, could have been crippled for life. The guy is back up and walking and moving, and he's thinking about, you know, starting to run again, get back into, you know, full shape. Just a testament to... Uh, his character and the fact that again this guy was in the Avengers I don't know if he's quite you know Robert Downey Jr. or Scarlett Johansson star level but I mean he was in a franchise that made him pretty famous and uh, pretty popular fans and he, he you know he's walked a walk hero and I'm just glad to see the dude working uh, kudos to him alright so let's get into the thing I didn't watch, and I didn't think I was going to talk too much about on the Grammys, CBS uh, and Paramount Plus. Again, I watched The Godfather Two Sunday night. No regrets. Uh, the rate the ratings had a rebound. Uh, this is the highest rated Grammys that uh, there's been in like four or five years. Uh, actually, a little over uh, 16 million watched it, compared to just a little over 12 last year. And uh, they're saying that uh, there's a reason for that. I wonder what that would be. Um, but, uh, yeah, it did fairly well. But uh, a couple things that, um, first of all, Jay-Z drinking from, that didn't bother me. Him drinking from a Grammy because it's, it's just a silly trophy. And, uh, you know, as you know, award shows are all about, you know, glad handing. But uh, I guess at one point during the award show, I, when he was up presenting, uh, he's talking about how his wife, Beyonce, has uh, set the record for the most Grammys ever won, but she's never won Album of the Year. I can think of four instances where Beyonce didn't win Album of the Year. But there just seems to be, I don't know if he really meant it to be that way or not, because again, I didn't watch this show. But that's kind of... Yeah, it's kind of classless in a way because 
she does have the record. Even if she doesn't have an album of the year Grammy, she's got several. She's made buttloads of money. She's very successful. You can't take that away from her. Why get up in arms about it? Right? It's just a trophy. I mean, after all, Jay-Z drank out of it for crying out loud. And uh, one cool thing I will say, I, I guess uh, everybody was talking about how good the uh, the Luke Combs-Tracy Chapman collab on uh, Fast Car was. She's the originator of that song back late 80s. Uh, he reworked it as a country song, and they got together on stage last night, a couple guitars, sang and jammed, and uh, everybody liked it. This just goes to show you... I mean, and I'm not taking away from uh, Tracy or Luke's talents here. It's just you know you got good, you don't have auto tune, you don't have drum loops. It's just it doesn't take much to be a great performer. I mean talent, obviously talent. Uh, but Tracy and Luke doing what they did wowed a lot of people. People like music. Uh, by the way, uh, and I saw this. Um, this is. This is kind of, you know, something that's been new. Well, I wouldn't say new. It's It's been going on for a couple of decades now because with the advent of DVR and the fact that you can stream and the fact that, uh, you know, advertisers really want things to be seen, they're going to find all sorts of ways to get seen. I mean, in sports, uh, you know, the walls on uh, hockey games, they have CGI graphics that change out. Hell, even on the ice, if you watch an NHL game. NBA, you know, you got logos that uh, corporate logos on uh, on jerseys now, and there's a little bit of that in the NFL. They they did a little bit of this last night at the Grammys, and again, this is something I read. Okay, I didn't see it. I didn't see the award show, but this was something I read. Uh, there was a very well known brand that did uh, a subtle bit of product placement last night, and uh, and I'm recording this Tuesday, obviously. Uh, Monday, whatever I'm recording. Uh, they did Sunday night. This brand did a little bit of product placement about something that will be uh, arriving, I think, in quarter two of 2024. This well-known brand, worth a lot of money. I hope you can pick it out. I think it happened uh, toward the end of the award show, Sunday night. Yeah, this is maybe maybe uh, you eagle-eyed, eagle-eared. Podcast listeners can uh, pick that out. But uh, that would require you to go back and watch. Okay, Pro Bowl weekend is finally done. Yay, that's uh, basically killing the, um, the the bye week between Championship Weekend and Super Bowl weekend. And uh, NFC beat the AFC. Uh, Eli beat Peyton uh, in that wildly popular flag football game. Which, uh, by the way is a precursor of things to come with the 2028 Olympics in Los Angeles because flag football will be a participating uh, a participant sport. Yeah, so countries are going to have flag football teams. It's it's only a matter of time before we get freeze tag teams if we haven't already or disc golf teams if we haven't already. Uh, and here's the thing too. Flag football going international, and uh, people looking at oh that's fun. Why don't why isn't the NFL more like this? Why isn't the NFL um, more fun and so dangerous and all that fun stuff? I'm not saying the NFL would go full flag football in 2029, but uh, you you watch 
when this happens, when this becomes a thing in 2028, people are going to be like, well, why can't the NFL do more like the Pro Bowl? Huh? They are. They were already talking about that in California with uh, trying to regulate um, football for kids. Well, if the NFL has a pro foot pro bowl with flag football, why do our twelve year olds need to play things with helmets and in uh, uh, shoulder pads? Yeah, because kids won't find anything dangerous to do when adults are not around. Okay, um, a couple of other things with the NFL here uh, going into Super Bowl week: uh, the Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles. Sao Paulo, Brazil, week one. They'll play the Friday night game against To Be Determined. So we're now expanding into South America, uh, the NFL. And, uh, you know, when you see the games in Germany, when you see them in England, uh, you see them in Mexico, you see them in Brazil, wherever the hell else. And uh, given the fact that they're trying to build their audience elsewhere, it really kind of gives you an idea of... uh, what they really think of the traditional NFL fan. Um, I just, I don't know. Um, You know, with England and with Germany, there is kind of that uh, passing interest. You know, the games are packed. But uh, soccer crazy Brazil, do you think it's going to fly? Like the Eagles? By the way, uh, Patrick Mahomes' dad got arrested for what might be his third DWI over the weekend. Might be because uh, news reports hint that uh, this might be uh, there might be more than just three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of problematic. Um, I would say that's a distraction, but um, you know the circus with the Chiefs. Uh, I, I am, by the way, debating putting up another uh, poll on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. Uh, just keep your eyes peeled for that. Because, I don't know, like, I try to make a big deal about uh, the last poll regarding uh, All-Star Games. And uh, there's a pretty healthy followership on the Facebook page, but very, very minute participation with with the poll. And it's not like you have to pay to vote or I'm taking down your personal information to vote. I just don't think a lot of people saw it due to uh, Facebook algorithms. All right, moving on to the world of entertainment. Argyle, number one movie in the country this past weekend. What is it? Don't know. I guess it's uh, Romancing the Stone meets James Bond. Harry, uh, Henry Cavill's in it, and I like Henry Cavill, but this looks to be terrible. I mean, it's, it's number one, but uh, they're already talking about how this thing has bombed because it only made like $16, $17 million, something like that, and it's got a $200 million budget. And... You know how it is with diminishing returns, and you know how it is. Uh, yeah, the budget might be two hundred million for the making of the movie, but we're not talking about um, you know all the deals behind the scenes and the marketing of the film and the distribution of the film and the etc. 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 So the costs add up pretty quickly. A critical drinker had a pretty good uh, take of this months ago, probably about half a year ago, actually, with uh, Dial of Destiny, Indiana Jones. And how Raiders of the Lost Ark, for a fraction of the budget uh, that uh, Dial of Destiny made, and I know there's inflation, but for the fraction of the budget made so much money. There was so much overhead. And they invested so much money into Dial of Destiny that this thing was just doomed to not make that movie back, or that money back. And when you're making movies at $200 million, $300 million a pop, and you're expecting them to you know gross a billion dollars out the gate each damn time, 
that's an unrealistic uh, expectation. Whereas his point was like, well, maybe if you made like three or four movies with smaller budgets, you can actually make some of that money back. But that's not the way they're thinking right now out in Hollywood. They're thinking, well, we got to have a home run. We got to have a home run. We got to have a home run. It's not working out too well for them. Uh, by the way, uh, Netflix does better than most streamers, but even they have got to understand that they've got, well, not everything they touch turns to gold, and sometimes they know it. Uh, apparently, Jerry Seinfeld made a movie about uh, the creation of Pop-Tarts, in which he stars, and it's got just a stellar cast of Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, and Fred Armisen. Um, and uh, there's this, this is on the Mike Davidson Facebook page, too. There's like a still of them uh, hamming it up for the camera. So this looks like a parody of the making of the Pop-Tart. And, you know, Jerry Jerry works best with observational stuff. This almost looks like Jerry trying to do a Saturday Night Live sketch and stretching it two hours. I don't think, yeah, I don't think this is going to be as good as he thinks it is. And that's probably what Netflix is doing here. It's like, why don't you just cut us another hour, hour and a half special there, Jerry? Just just get up there and you know make some observations. You're good at that. No. I, I want to make a movie about Pop-Tarts. Okay. Um, comedy is a funny thing. It has to be a funny thing. But the reactions people have toward comedy differ. And if you're a a corporate lawyer, you have no sense of humor, and the, the more you overreact, the funnier the joke really is. Um, I'm not familiar. This is from Not the Bee, and they uh, they uh, linked this up on uh, the YouTube channel up on their page. Um, there's a comedian. His name is um, it Ryan Long, and uh, he was doing a show out in Denver, and uh, he happened to be by the Low T Center. Low T standing for low testosterone, I guess this is a... Yeah, then maybe this is something I should look into because I'm 44 years old and, uh, well, maybe it's not so much low testosterone as it is just three kids wearing the hell out of me. But um, he found the Low T Center and he took a joke photo and posted it on social media. He's a comedian. All right, and he goes, uh, apparently because my T is too high, armed guards had to escort me out of the Low T Center. I don't know how anybody would ever take that seriously. Armed guards at a low T-Center. Because I don't think the demand is that high to get into the low T-Center. Uh, but apparently the lawyers for the low T-Center saw this and uh, threatened him. Uh, well, they actually contacted his agent. They didn't contact him. They threatened the lawyers for the low T-Center uh, because, you know, when you have low T, you have such a great sense of humor about shit. Uh, they contacted his agent and threatened legal action, and uh, he kind of goes on a little rant here. You should see it's great. But, yeah, anytime you get uh, a... <laughs> what would Mick Foley... Mick Foley, professional wrestler, uh, he talked about how, like, um, this was on his uh, A&E biography. He was talking about when he was uh, doing smaller shows, regional wrestling. Uh, he was a heel. He was a bad guy. And fans got so pissed off at him that uh, one night he walked out to his car and uh, the wheels to his car were flattened. Someone uh, slipped the tires with a knife. And he told one of the guys that he wrestles with about this. And he goes, dude, you generated some straight up heat. You generated some heat. You're pretty good, man. You, generate, you made the audience hate you. 
you know, if you're t telling jokes like this on social media and you're getting lawyers pissed off, you're, you must be doing something right there, Ryan Long. All right, that's comedy gone right. Uh, normally, I try to stay away from uh, political figures because, well, they're all funny. Um, and 2024 is shaping up to be a shit year because we're doing grumpier old men. Um, Trump versus Biden, too. Uh, talk about young blood, right? Somebody made this observation the other day. Uh, Bill Clinton's presidency ended 23 years ago, and he's younger than the two big candidates for president of the United States. Odd. Uh, but Nikki Haley still thinks she's got a chance or something. And so she went on Saturday Night Live, uh, cold open sketch, and hey, they're slamming Trump. How about that? And hey, she's going on there to help slam Trump. And uh, it's about as cringe as you can imagine. And I'm, I'm not the biggest Trump fan in the world, but this reeks of Jeb Bush. Uh, Jeb, please clap Bush back in 2016. And Nikki Haley is so... Look, the, the person I would have voted for dropped out of the race already. Okay. Nikki is still hanging on and uh, just kind of pandering pandering to whoever who will clap for her. Uh, and if she can get uh, a dem-leaning audience uh, like Saturday Night Live to uh, cheer her on, she will. And none of these people, let's just say on the off chance she gets the nomination, you know, on Earth 2 or 3, we're doing ult alternate realities here, uh, they wouldn't vote for her. They wouldn't go out of their way to vote for her. They will not. They, they would do the same crap that they did to Romney back in the day. Or um, or uh, John McCain. And then when she loses, oh, she lost with dignity or something like that. That's why a lot of people went with Donald Trump. Uh, because they were sick of the McCains and the, and the Romneys. And Nick, Nikki Haley is doing basically a McCain and Romney here. Nobody in that audience is going to vote for her. And it's just yeah, so sad and pathetic to watch. Hey, speaking of sad and pathetic, uh, out in California, Governor Newsom... Um, I guess he was being interviewed by somebody, and he was talking about how he was at Target the other day. Um, and he watched somebody walk out of the store with stolen goods. He witnessed a shoplifting in progress, and he was a little shocked by this. He was like, whoa, what the hell, right? And he said to the, uh, the cashier, uh, well, why is anybody doing anything? And she goes, oh, because that stupid governor you know, let's crime like this run rampant and blah, 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 blah. And she doesn't even know she's talking to the governor of California. You know, he's making such an impact out there. And then uh, once she realized who it was that she was bad-mouthing, uh, of course she took a selfie with him. Uh, but I found that pretty damn funny. Uh, but there is something to be said about a state that will not prosecute people or has a hard time prosecuting people uh, who are breaking laws that are on the books. And when you're deregulating, decriminalizing a lot of this stuff, like, uh, I guess it's uh, not a felony to shoplift anything uh, $950 and under. So if it's a misdemeanor charge, if you get caught, and it's not worth the time of the uh, the prosecutor, they're not going to prosecute, I'm thinking. That's not good business. And uh, a lot of businesses are pretty much losing out right now. All right, a couple more things. Um, this I kind of got a chuckle out of uh, because, you know, 
I don't care where you're from. If you're coming to the United States, first of all, do it legally. Become a legal citizen. Know the language, right? And uh, uh, become part of the tax base because we could use you. Like I said, I don't care. I, can, I will take one hardworking legal immigrant over 10 white hipsters from San Francisco any day of the week. Uh, I will stand by that. Now, I know things are a little touch and go right now, but uh, in, um, in Miami, uh, there is something called Miami English. Um, and uh, I, I saw this, and it just it's kind of like how everybody has their own way of saying things. Like, uh, because you have these Cuban uh, immigrants that came in and learned the language, they learned it in their own unique way. Like, instead of saying, we got out of the car, you say, we got down from the car. I made the line to pay for groceries. He made a party to celebrate his son's birthday. Um, what else? Marco and I went to a bar and he invited me a beer. See, I like that one. You know, it's like you're coaxing a beer to come to somebody. You can order a beer or you can invite a beer. Um, that, that kind of crap doesn't really bother me because I've got a mother-in-law who still says wash instead of wash. And I remember when Gatsby was telling me about some of the lingo they have up there in Michigan. And I was like, what do you mean things? He says, yeah, you know, here in Indiana and uh, up in Michigan, uh, things are said a little different. I didn't know what he was meaning. He goes, okay, what do you call a sliding glass door here in Indiana? I'm like, well, you a sliding glass door or, you know, patio door. No, it's a door wall. Up in Michigan, it's a door wall. What? It's not a wall, it's a door. Yeah, you, know, you have a wall, you have a door. It's uh, but that's that's what it's called up in that in those parts, a wall door. So there's that. Also, uh, wrapping things up here a little bit. Da, 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 da. Oh, uh, this idiot in New York. Uh, he is suing McDonald's because he's allergic to cheese, and a couple of bites into his Big Mac, he realized there was cheese. He had an allergic reaction and damn near died. Yeah, he said no cheese on his Big Mac, but here's the thing. You can lift up the bun and check out the cheese, right? <laughs> and take it off if you need me. I'm sorry, man. Uh, even if you haven't checked out on your DoorDash order, if you're leaving your well-being in the hands of employees that are making minimum wage, you're not long for this world. May the life you save be your own, and good Lord Almighty, throw this case out. That all said and done. I'm done. Until next time, stay fresh. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.